Roses are red, violets are blue. Repent. <laughs> <laughs> We're all sinners. <laughs> we are all sinners. It's- hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. I'm your co-host, Amber Archer, and with me is my husband, as usual. The husband of husband and wife team. Husband and wife team. So we are a filmmaking ministry on a mission to share the truth and hope found only through Jesus Christ. You know, we're just on a mission to educate, motivate, and inspire others to get involved in the world and take a stand for biblical principles. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to be talking about entertaining ourselves to death. Faith, family, and filmmaking. That's what we talk about here. Maybe you know someone, or maybe you are this someone. In our home, we love to watch movies. We love to watch old TV shows. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect Strangers. We've been watching Perfect Strangers. Our kids love Perfect Strangers. New Heart. Right. <laughs> I'm a slight airwolf addict. I'm a child of the 80s. I was trying to introduce Elizabeth to Knight Rider uh-huh. the other day. She didn't quite understand it. Uh-huh. <laughs> she just kept looking going, so it's just his car talks to him? <laughs> I said, that's Kit. That's the Knight Industries 2000. That's Kit. That's uh, Anyway. And everything that we uh, say and do seems to uh, eventually be framed around movie quotes Uh because we just love watching movies. Uh And so we got into this discussion talking about, well, so it it was brought on by a discussion that started last week with our Uh, our Mm eight-year-old, Hannah, who was very excited because at school they were going to watch the the Mars rover landing, Uh which was very cool. We watched it. We watched it because Uh it it didn't, it landed after they got home from school. So we were watching it here and we were talking about it and they they were in STEM class. Mm -hmm. They were designing Mars rovers. Mm Mm-hmm. And did you know that I designed a moon rover? Well, I remember you telling me, <laughs> and I just kind of looked, and I said, of course you did. Of course I did. In <laughs> fact, in fact, if you want to know how nerdy your husband is. I do love you. I designed a moon rover for a competition uh-huh. to win a scholarship to space camp. And what grade were you in? I was... In eighth grade going into, uh, so it was during my eighth grade year. Yeah. And so the summer after my eighth grade year going into my freshman year, I got to go on a full ride scholarship because I won. (laughs) Yeah. A full ride scholarship to U.S. Space Academy. And I got to be the mission commander and fly the space shuttle. What? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds very cool. That's how nerdy your husband is. So anyway. so Back to space. So, but we love, I, I love science fiction movies. Uh-huh. And so we got into this discussion. I grew up on science fiction movies. My mom loves science fiction movies. So I've yeah. seen a lot of science fiction. <laughs> but the emphasis that I think we have to place on it in our discussion today is to frame it with science fiction. <laughs> and what does fiction mean? It means that it's made up. Mm-hmm. Well, we were talking about how much uh, movies slash pop culture, popular culture, influence worldviews yeah, of people. Yeah. And I think more than people want to admit, admit 
right? So I, I came up with a list of some, just some popular titles. And I, let me just say, okay, Christians especially, I am not implying that if you're a science fiction fan or that you've watched these films or that you enjoy these films or that you're fans of these films, that you're somehow less Christian. No. Okay, that's not what I'm saying at all. I brought these films up because they're films that I've watched and... Um, but you didn't yeah. see how they influence culture right, but and people's thinking. But let's look at it honestly because we, we were talking about alien life, right? Because it, going back to... I don't to, remember where the conversation got started. Well, it was because the 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 Mars rover thing, mm -hmm. when you're watching the live feed from NASA... And it was always framed in, you know, and, oh, and we're yeah. looking for signs of alien life, you yeah. know, and if we could just find water and blah, blah, blah. Well, they, they find all these things, but they, they, of course, they've never found life on any other celestial body except for Earth. <laughs> yeah. Because there we, can't possibly be intelligent design. Right. Well... <laughs> <laughs> there, but there's this whole growing movement of people who believe that we were deposited here by aliens. Oh, I haven't heard that yet. You haven't heard this one? No. Yeah, that we were put here by aliens. So that kind of solves that this is how they kind of make this hybrid. Well, you, of course, I believe in intelligent design. I mean, and how do you, how do you explain Area 54? 51. Oh, <laughs> Where's, where is Area 54? Is this a new secret base that I don't know about? <laughs> I'm in Area 51. <laughs> I'll tell you how you explain Area 51. It's a secret Air Force base. <laughs> Nobody knows about it. It's classified. It's Nellis Air Force Base and outside of Las Vegas. It's, oh, there's, nothing, there's nothing else to explain. Roswell, New Mexico. <clears throat> Roswell, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, but I, I did just want to read the definition of fiction. Okay. Something invented by the imagination or feigned. Specifically, an invented story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, if you're going to get all technical about it, read these privileged definitions that you have. So we were talking about... I was taking a drink you were taught We were talking about why... So many people, and even uh, I think a lot of Christians get drawn into this, and because of a lot of the science fiction in our culture, why we get so drawn into believing in extraterrestrial life. Okay, go ahead. So here's a here's a pop quiz, a Bible quiz for you. Okay, ready? Okay. How many places in the Bible can you name that specifically affirm extraterrestrial life? Go. Only heaven. There's <laughs> angels. I know about them. Uh-huh. Uh, Anywhere else where it talks about little green men or alien uh, spacecraft? No, that's no, not ringing there's a bell. Zero. Zero. There's nowhere in scripture that it says anything <laughs> about God creating a parallel world somewhere and putting just in case like in case Earth didn't work out, he's got New Earth over here, uh -huh. right, where he's got a parallel human species going or something. Mm -hmm. It does not say that anywhere. No. So where does this notion of aliens come from? Science fiction. Science fiction. And where does science fiction get it? <clears throat> now, I'm not saying that this, this is what we know as Christians. 
that the Bible says nothing about it. Right. So anything that we add to it is pure speculation on our part. Mm -hmm. We don't know one way or the other, but the Bible does not say, in fact, the Bible's pretty clear that we are unique. Mm -hmm. It talks about that we are created in the image and the likeness of God. We were created. It doesn't, it talks about the formation of the universe and earth in particular mm -hmm. and creation of life on earth. It doesn't talk about it anywhere else. So I've always held to this assumption that uh, belief in extraterrestrial life on other planets really is rooted in naturalism slash evolution. Mm -hmm. if, if your worldview is that there is no God and everything came about as a result of time and space and distance evolution by random chance, then of course you're going to believe that if it happened here, then of course it happened somewhere else. Right. So, right. so <clears throat> let's, here's a couple of movies then okay. that I think have heavily influenced our culture today. Let's start with one that we all know. How about Star Wars? Mm -hmm. The entire Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. And what's one of the biggest things, one of the biggest story elements of Star Wars is the Force. Uh-huh. This is all new age. Well, and I think we were talking about it earlier also and, and just how much people have and there's nothing wrong with George Lucas coming up with these stories when it was when it was first created. When no, he first no, created no, it. No, there's and nothing I mean, wrong with the story. We love imagination. We love, you know, places that it can take you and but too often, especially like we talked about earlier, when things gain traction and now it becomes this idol for people mm -hmm. and whoa can it get you severely off course oh yeah to your purpose oh yeah i mean and i just have to take people back to the very bit what's how does how does every star wars film start what's the first thing that comes up on the screen a long time ago in a galaxy far far away <laughs> it's a fairy tale it's made up yeah right this is it's a it's a fictional tale and if you if you listen to interviews of George Lucas when he was first coming up with this, it was stuff from his childhood, and he just you know he <laughs> yeah. concocted this, and yeah. it's a wonderful imaginative. He's created this whole universe that people just love, but it's turned into this obsession. There are people that live their whole lives by the the wisdom of Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> in fact, there was an interview I saw. Okay, now wait a minute. You you're a big fan of Star Wars. I am you, a big Star Wars fan. You have but Star Wars stuff. I have Star Wars stuff in my office, but I don't model my my morality right off of Star Wars. That's, that's the <laughs> the issue of it. And the fact there was an interview with Frank Frank Oz. Fun fact: Frank Oz, who is the voice of Yoda, mm -hmm. is also the voice of Kermit the Frog. Oh, I didn't know that. And he also is a he's a puppeteer, and so he he's the the guy who is the puppeteer for both. Mm -hmm. And when they did Empire Strikes Back, which is when Yoda was introduced, and the film came out, and there were people that would come up to him and tell him, "Yoda changed my life." Oh my word! Right. And he would kind of look at them and say, gosh, it's a, it's a rubber puppet guy. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's a, what do we say all the time about people are desperate to believe anything but the truth. Mm -hmm. 
And well, and it just goes to show you how much films can have an impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk, we understand the the gravity of what we do mm-hmm. and the the seriousness of what we do. Right. So Star Wars is one, and the whole notion of the Force, and I've I've seen this whole notion of the Force work its way into church presentations and everything you know the the it's 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 telekinesis it's listen it's all it's just this conglomeration of new age spiritualism out of body experiences blah 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 it's not real okay just fyi there's no such thing mm-hmm. um this is a one <clears throat> a little more obscure you have to be a true sci-fi nerd to get this but star trek oh yeah <laughs> okay specifically uh, so the original Star Trek films, mm-hmm. right? There was Star Trek: The Motion Picture, which first came out in I think '77, and then there was Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. I know my mom watched those, <laughs> and I know that I sat through and watched those, but I can't remember. <laughs> Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Now, we, it was, there's of course a lot of evolution in this because it's all about. They love to borrow biblical terms, so yeah. if you remember Star Trek to the search for Spock and you know Spock dies at the end of the first film. Wait, wasn't that the robotic guy anyway? No, that no, that's data. You're thinking oh, of oh, yeah, the yeah, next yeah. generation. Yeah, yeah, Spock yeah. is the guy with the pointy ears. Okay. Anyway, and they they deposit his casket on the planet Genesis. Oh. And the whole secret, you know, Genesis project is that they've come up with this this uh, thing that they can, you know, shoot down on a lifeless moon and it instantly creates a habitable world, right? <laughs> Hello, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> right. <What? laughs> but we're going to borrow from biblical terms, uh, terms for mm-hmm. it. Anyway, getting then to Star Trek Four is the one I have to pick on. This was where they have to save the planet by saving the extinct humpback whales. That are the only creatures able to talk with the alien destroying the earth by a massive hurricane. Do you remember this one? No. It's called Star Trek The Voyage Home. Okay. And like the first three films were good. And then Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. It was. It's a well done film. It's very, very well done Star Trek film. But it is total Greenpeace. But total environmentalist. Yes, film. and and I think people, you know, it's it's like you have to remember, and it's why we titled it "Entertaining Ourselves to Death," mm-hmm. because you have so many people get sucked into these, mm-hmm. and that becomes their life. Yeah, and and there are people when you when you study th- these these people that are so obsessed with trying to remake the world and society into mm-hmm. this image that they have. Where do they get this? mindset what what picture do they have Mm -hmm. and you listen to how they describe how things should be like the the globalist movement the globalists and you listen to them and and the and the liberals and you listen to them describe how things should be and i and i was reading alex newman's book uh the deep state yeah and i went oh my word this sounds like i've seen this in a movie star trek the star trek four so the United United Federation of Planets, right? <laughs> okay, it's a one world government, mm-hmm. right? So in the Star Trek universe, 
there's this dark past in the earth and we almost nuked ourselves to death and then we all became enlightened and we all united under a one world government and then we started to explore the universe and it's the united federation of planets one world government ironically their world headquarters is in san francisco <laughs> uh, well, this is in the movie yeah, yeah this oh, is okay. in star trek 4 okay uh they don't use money in star trek in the star trek world in the in the federation there's no money uh-huh. and if you watch star trek 4 because when they go back in time they go back to 1980s san francisco they time travel back to mm-hmm. you know to find these whales and they don't have any money and so they have to sell captain kirk sells some antique eyeglasses that he got for a birthday present and he's passing dividing up the money right and so that they have a little bit of money to use because they don't know what money is uh-huh. because nobody uses money in the future because they're enlightened. Well, that's socialism slash communism. Mm-hmm. One world government controls everything. Nobody has to have any money. Um, and uh, we have to save the world from disaster because the alien spaceship, nobody can talk to it. It, it, it only talks to humpback whales which are extinct at that point okay <laughs> total greenpeace but there are people that i that you know that they grew up in the same era mm-hmm. and uh and and i look at these films and i think this these because these were in very popular films and i think these had a profound influence on people's people's thinking mm-hmm. um how about and this is going to be hard for us because we love dinos in this family. Oh. <laughs> How about the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World series? Oh my goodness. I remember when we when we learned out that or or learned and found out that most of the dinosaurs were the size of sheep. <laughs> and, and you know, we were all like uh that's mm-hmm. not what we saw on TV. Yeah, that's not no, that's not how Blue and Delta and Echo and <laughs> The velociraptors. The velociraptors are supposed to be able to chase you down. And now they're about the size of a turkey. Oh, a turkey? Was it yeah. a turkey or sheep? I couldn't yeah, remember. But most, you know, most dinosaurs were yeah. about that size. I mean, there there are the T Rex that are legitimately the large, sure. larger, and the sure. Brachiosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I have I have a fairly large collection of movie posters, framed movie posters, mm-hmm. and I have an original Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. movie poster and, it, and it's a great it's a great poster right everybody knows the original jurassic park logo with the outline of the t-rex yeah. but it, what's the tagline for the film an adventure 65 million years in the making yeah. <laughs> and i had it up in my office and i and as we were talking because hannah our second oldest is really into dinos mm-hmm but we have to be really careful with that because it's constant, constant. I mean, you watch any of the Jurassic Park movies. You watch Park anything movies. and evolution is... It's everywhere. Anything <laughs> about dinosaurs of is billions and billions of years. Millions of 65 million years ago. No, and that's why it was really great to go down and, and visit the Ark Encounter and mm-hmm. see, you know, they have some dinosaurs in like kind of how they might have been kept. Mm-hmm. Um, on on the ark, yeah, and they were the younger ones, and dinosaurs weren't very big. I mean, yeah, it's a great thing to go down and explore and to look at. Yeah, and listen, it, we're not we're not implying that dinosaurs were not real. Of course, they were real. Mm-hmm. They were created. 
with all the other land animals. They lived and they breathed and they died in the flood, just like all the other animals. <laughs> and, and they were preserved on the ark. Mm -hmm. And eventually they went extinct, mm -hmm. right? There's lots of breeds of you know, species that went extinct because the earth changed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they're very real. But again, that worldview... Of, how much our perception of what we see visually from right. a film or on television shows, how much that translates into how what we really think mm -hmm. things are like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all through it's all through those films. It's evolution millions of years. Um, here's a big one. This is one of the biggest films of all time. How about Avatar? Oh, that was a really good. I, I remember watching that. Remember Avatar? Mm hmm. And so that's Gosh, a, James, it's been a while. Yeah, that's a James Cameron film. And mm -hmm. I think parts two and three are coming out next year. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know they were making been, new ones. He's been working on them. But what are the, what are the, you know, James Cameron is like uber leftist liberal. <laughs> I mean, bonkers off the cart kind of liberal. Now he, he has made some great films, mm -hmm. right? He's done some, I'm a, I'm a, a I study his work because mm -hmm. he's a, an incredibly influential filmmaker. But his his world philosophy really comes through, and it's gotten worse over the years. Yeah, because Avatar, what's the messages in that? It's, um, it's a it's a total save the planet, Greenpeace kind of, or you know, <laughs> save save the. I feel like I feel like you're just picking on the Greenpeace. Corporations <laughs> are evil. Save the planet, and and the military is super evil. Mm. Oh yeah, in yeah. That film, mm -hmm, yeah. It's it's just they're they're out to just destroy and conquer and burn everything down and and uh, yeah and of course he's got you know uber liberal Sigourney Weaver in it too <laughs> screaming about the environment ah! but and uh, and because it's packaged in a film that's so entertaining to watch um you know we watch it and we watch it over and over again but you don't realize that those messages really kind of sink in because of who the the good guys are and who the bad guys mm -hmm. are entertaining so, ourselves to death yeah so picking again on james cameron yes and i have to admit and i've watched these films several times how about terminator <laughs> <laughs> So if you're if if you look at like the first Terminator film, like and what what you know about James Cameron and his life journey, then is I think the biggest film he had done before that was called Piranha. Right, mm. it was a real kind of low budget. I have no idea. Right, and then he managed to get Terminator financed, mm -hmm. and it was an enormous hit, mm -hmm. enormous hit. And then by the time he gets to Terminator Two, the sequel. He's got, you know, this massive success behind him. And it's interesting. If you watch Terminator and then Terminator 2 and then watch what he's done like then with Avatar, mm -hmm. you see this this morphing of his worldview from just pure entertainment, shoot him up. Because the original Terminator film is just a, it's just a flat-out action film. How many <laughs> yeah. things can I blow up? Yeah. How many people can we kill? To now I have to make a message movie. Yeah. But the whole the whole concept of the Terminator is that the um, the uh, the Cyberdyne, <laughs> Cyberdyne Corporation, which is this massive corporation that develops artificial intelligence and starts making basically drones, 
to manage the population and the the AI becomes self-aware and then tries to kill all the people. <sighs> sounds kind of familiar it sounds today. Like, it sounds like Google is You're what it right. sounds like to me. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the other one speaking, then going back and talking about Mars, we were talking about Total Recall. Oh, yeah. Which is, and listen, I'm not recommending these films because a lot of these are rated R and I'm not, I'm not recommending them, but we saw them before kids, but I have seen them (laughs) and, and, um, total, but total recall, the original total recall, (laughs) two weeks with Arnold Schwarzenegger, the original, I haven't seen it. I I don't, I can't watch remakes of stuff. Like, why are you rebooting? Why are you making this again? Just, just move on. Um, but the whole notion of him, the 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 whole Total Recall thing is that it's it's um, well, it's this fantasy that he goes into. Yeah, it's like this. It's like this uh, alternate reality. Yeah, you know, it's like he he logs in and he gets these memories implanted, mm-hmm. right? And we're starting to see that now because Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, and they're actually doing implants into people's brains Mm -hmm. and their ultimate goal is to have everybody have implants so that you can be connected online all the time and make you superhuman and you instantly can access things and know things and they can also you know turn off your implant anytime you misbehave it's really kind of scary it really is yeah but that's but you 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 realize that the the influence of movies because as we've talked about these things, there's at least one of these films that you've seen, mm-hmm. and you know <clears throat> you know what we're talking about, and you know the 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 worldview and the the kind of view of the future that you that you have or had when you watched those, mm-hmm. and those worldviews are are so subtly put into our brains when we watch movies which is why it's it's just so profoundly important that we <clears throat> are very careful and monitor what we're putting into our minds i mean we've talked about this uh it's it's getting listen it's, the only future i want to know is what it says in the book of revelation right <laughs> right well just you just have to keep things into perspective <clears throat> this world is not our home we're just passing through and and just to reiterate, we've talked about this several times, but when you see these things happening, these this movement towards globalism, one world government, one world currency, the Lord has told us in the scriptures that these things will happen. Mm-hmm. They will happen. There's no doubt. And does that mean that we just give up? No. Does it mean that we uh, that we encourage it? No. We need to fight against it, but realize that when the Lord ordains, he is going to allow these things to happen. Mm-hmm. And this is, we are seeing these things eerily close, eerily close. And you can see what we've been through with this, with this, uh, all these lockdowns and nonsense through the past year, especially, is that it is, you can you can see this happening this afternoon mm-hmm. and uh, that the the end times are just a heartbeat away. So don't wait. Today is the day of salvation. 
repent and be saved. Absolutely. As I saw the greatest Valentine's poem that I, that I heard this year. Roses are red, violets are blue, repent. <laughs> We're all sinners. We are all sinners. And, and like and like we've said before, we are all going to die. Mm-hmm. It ju- and you, there's only one of two places you're going to go. We are all eternal, and you're either going to be eternally with the Lord, or you're going to be eternally separated from the Lord. And folks, if you're if you're not in a church that is preaching that. It's time to find a new church. Yep. You know, you need to find a church that talks about hell. Mm-hmm. Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we doing that in the church? Well, that's all the time we have for today, friends. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for pulling, getting a cup of coffee and sitting with us while we talk about movies. Because we love to talk about movies. <laughs> we do. We'll be back with Judith on Thursday. We sure will. So we hope you have a wonderfully blessed day and we will talk to you again on Thursday. Thursday.